You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's the lead play in our, in our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Emilio, live in Tennessee. I just want to give a fair warning. Also got a couple German Shepherd pups in here. They're behaving really, really nicely right now. But at any point, it may turn into Jurassic Park in this room. Okay, so everybody beware. Um, yeah, you guys know we got a few businesses that we run. Uh, my wife actually decided, you know what, tonight I think I'll have one of the brides. We've got a uh, a wedding planning business that we handle. I'm going to have one of the brides come over here and we'll plan. I'm going, I guess I got the dogs in the studio then, don't <laughs> I? Let's, let's hope they behave. But again, I apologize yeah. in advance if they Camera's don't. going to be shaking. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm all telling over. You, when you hear Lincoln get the, get the stomping around, dude, he is a hoss, man. He is so big. Um, I love that dog. That's my boy right there. Uh, anyway, Emilio, how was your day, dude? Good, dude. Good. Uh, a couple leaf jobs and uh, got a overseeding grade tomorrow, so we're good to go, man. Tis the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping the grass ain't going to grow for a while, but it'll be all right. I'll put the seed down, so eventually, once we get some uh, some warmth and some rain, we'll be all right. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's see here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I love the chat. They're absolutely awesome. Let's go to the <laughs> yeah. chat right off the bat. Yeah, Casey Knapp right. said, I'm not sure really, but I believe Omer needs to create a blog or a written a written deal at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, Omer's in here uh, all the time, and I appreciate it. I really do. Omer comes back and says, retired for the moment and have a hernia to deal with, uh, so can't do much for now. And Paul Robertson, of course, always giving Omer a hard time, says you must have thrown a TV out of a window during a Packer game to get to hernia. Yeah, the remote wasn't good enough. We need We need AI to generate that for us. Uh, we need an image or a quick GIF, an AI-generated GIF of Omer throwing a TV out of a window in the middle of France. Yeah, so in France. Yeah, they're going to have the Eiffel Tower in the yeah, background, exactly. hucking it off the top of it. Yeah, have like a Ratatouille background or something. Wasn't that France? Am I thinking right? He had to be yeah, yeah I think so. Good movie, by the way. I'm not into cartoon movies, man. Every time I watch Ratatouille, I just want to cook something, dude. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get in there and get a can of ravioli out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chef Boyardee just throws it in the can, starts stirring it. Wow, man. Oh, exactly. Just red pepper, and that's what—that's how he does oh, it. Right yeah. Fancy it up, hit it with a little parm. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, Redmo says in the chat. Uh, so, how can this team address the habitual? I immediately think of the Chappelle show when when Charlie Murphy said he's a, a habitual line stepper. You remember that? <laughs> anyway, this team addressed the habitual over pursuit on pass rush. Uh, the Cutlet Kid <laughs> inexplicably. 
running all over the defense cannot keep happening, but it's already so late in the season. This is the first time it's happened, though. You know, that's the thing, Red Mullen. Correct me if I'm wrong, Emilio. I can't remember. Name another quarterback that that took the ball and ran all over this defense in the last two years, really. Right. Um, I mean, I can't think anybody, can you? Best guess would be Justin Fields, but right. besides that. Doesn't I mean, everybody, though, right? Right. I mean, he's more of a running back anyway, so it's not like – but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like DeVito was up passing a lot, you know, and uh, I mean, he just he made quick decisions. It happens. Yeah, there it is. It does, but, man. Uh, hey, listen, he he played good, man. And and I know the defense absolutely collapsed there at the end. Um, you can see it coming a mile away, uh, just like you could kind of see the offensive struggles early coming a mile away. But there's still some positives, some positives to take out of that game. Yeah. I like the way Love played down the stretch there, you know. Bad first half, uh, finished strong in the second half. That Malik, the Malik Heath play, man. I just the thing that sucks the most about them driving down and, and kicking that field goal to win it is it it just totally negates that play by Malik Heath with the game on the line. He did it twice, Emilio. I know yeah. it was technically a drop on the first one, but just him being able to get open and love having the confidence and going to Heath. You know, I, I hate that that Wicks and Reed. Some of these guys are probably going to miss some time here coming up, but. uh I'll tell you this, man. Uh, I'm excited to see Malik Heath in the lineup more, dude. He he yeah. looked he looked like he looked like a real deal last night. I mean, like you said, there were definitely positives to take out of the game. So so like any anytime you lose, we're gonna we're gonna pick up on things that were done well. I think that the team is getting very good at having a short term memory. Uh, anywhere from Anders missing missing the field goal, then going three yards back and hitting the second one, uh, to like you said, Malik Heath dropping one, and then or you know I guess he didn't really drop, didn't catch didn't count and then caught the second one. Um, so it, it's, you know, the, the team is determined they're, they're grinding, but again, they were a 500 team. Like Matt was saying, we may have fallen into the trap game. Hey, maybe, maybe DeVito's on a roll, but the team as a base as, as itself, you know, is solid and moving forward in the right direction. It's just, they need to learn from those little things that went wrong or that they can grow from, uh, from these, from these losses. Yeah, and, and I know people don't want to hear it. I completely understand, but it's the youngest team in the league. Like, yeah, if if I were to be a fan on the outside looking at Packer fans right now and seeing people react and not trying to put people down or tell them how to fan, but if if I didn't know anything about the team and I seen the fan base reacting this way, I'd go, okay, well, tell me a little bit about this team. Like, how how veteran are they? Like, yeah, what who are their team leaders? Right. Who who would you say the team leaders are, Amelia? Right off the bat, I mean, who comes to mind? Rashawn Gary, solid. Yeah. Okay, you got Rashawn Gary at edge. Who's next? Yeah, then they're going to say D D Bach. No, oh, no, he's gone. No, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Jair. Uh, no, he's no, he's, he's gone. gone. Uh, you know what I'm uh, saying? It's like Jordan Love stepping up to be the leader, but well, what you know? It's like first, got... first year starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. But uh, again, I would say them. Let's slow down a little bit. This is you. You did say it's the youngest team in the league, right? Okay, right. Gotcha. Like I don't know. That's just kind of how I see it. I well, I mean, it's we've seen it before. We lost these one-score games all season. You know, we 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 lost one to we lost right. one to Atlanta. We've seen that we're two and what were we two and three or two and four on the road, two and five now. So, um, you know, it's not like we haven't kind of seen it before. It's just this team trying to figure out how to how do they work how do they work those issues around. You know, how how are they gonna smooth out those rough edges that they're having on either of the away games or, you know, in these one score games, little things like that, that is getting them hung up. 
Um, obviously, the turnovers didn't help. Anytime you're you're losing the turnover differential, that's never going to help. And Love, I'm sure, is on it. You know, he that's tough. You know, you fumble, throw a pick. He had seven fumbles, I think it was, beforehand that hadn't been recovered. So we've gotten lucky before. The Absolutely. ball didn't bounce our way. You know, it, it happens. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be perfect every time. Yeah, I think it's very well said. But, Redmo, to answer your question, um, I haven't seen that much this year. This is the first time it stood out. But you're spot on, man. They The pass rush just went completely flowed upfield and right past the quarterback. There was no – there's no kind of contain integrity, no kind of uh, loop integrity. It was just simply I'm going to pin my ears back and speed rush up the field seven yards and allow him to step right up and take off. Mm-hmm. When you're playing a lot of man coverage, um, obviously uh, there's going to be room to run. You know, it wasn't a good combination. That's a fact. And we're going to talk about Matt LaFleur's comments on that last drive here in a second as he spoke to the media today. Let's run through this chat real quick. Uh, Paul Robertson said, Patriots sacked DeVito six times and couldn't pull, couldn't pull out a victory. Yeah, because their their offense is just hot doo-doo. You know, for all the for all the scrutiny that the New England Patriots have got gotten, uh, and it was announced earlier, I think it was Dom Cleveland, I think is how you say it, the account. Uh, Some people say it's just a bot account. I don't know if it's an actual person or not, but they always have kind of in, in uh, a whatever you call it, uh, a compiled group of all the information for the latest news going on around the league, and they get it out really, really quick. It sounds like the decision was made after the London game to move on from Bill Belichick, so they've agreed to part ways. That lines up perfectly with what Dan Orlovsky was talking about, where he said the team has already been picked too. So there could be a trade involved. I'm not. Uh, that's the first thing that came to mind. It could be they're just going to mutually part ways, and maybe they'll come out with some kind of settlement agreement or something. I don't even know exactly how that'll work with the coach's salary, but he's pretty much already got his team picked out. It sounds like. So with that being said, he's still got his fastball. So if you if you do indeed move on from Joe Barry this year, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, probably want to try to pick from Belichick's crew. There, you know, would be at least there'd be a candidate in there somewhere, right? right. They're not going to be able to promote everybody, right? Right. And the way they played is they they don't have an official defensive coordinator listed. I think they're still doing that. That way, as soon as a team takes their first pick, they just promote that guy to defensive coordinator and it blocks the move. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly who who there would be the the top candidate. I mean, you got you got Bill's son, Steven, who's he's not gonna leave. I don't I think he'll stay with Pops. Right. Uh, Rob Mayo is, I believe, the one who will get promoted to DC. So he, I don't, I, I, you'd probably have to dig a little bit deeper, is what I'm saying within that organization. But mm-hmm. I just mentioned that because, like you talked about there, Paul, they did sack them six times, but the Patriots have a pretty good defense, man. It's still pretty solid. It's just their offense is horrible. Um, Omer in the chat said that was astonishing. Our pass rush vanished. What beat KC and Detroit? Nowhere to be found last night. Not a, not a one sack sad. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're going up against a bad offensive line, too. Yeah. That's and one it, of the situations I definitely don't put on Barry. I mean, he can't. He can't rush the quarterback for him. You right. Know? It seemed like they were leaning on more of a vertical pass rush than like a contained yes. pass rush. And I think that kind of really hindered them. Maybe they didn't think – I mean, at some point, you know, even even if a you know a coach calls a play, you're on the field, man. If you've seen something five times in a row, if you're lining over that ball, you know, six inches away, T.J. Slayton got that jump, he saw something, right? Like, if you're not picking up on those little nuances, tell, tell the dude next to you, hey, we got to stop going eight, eight yards up the field. Let's just let's just rush him and then make him scramble and throw it or, you know, chase him down when he when he rolls out. Problem is, we were so far up and running like so straight at what we weren't even like bending the tackles. And it didn't seem like. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. Robert Allen in the chat says DeVito was just Justin Fields' lot. We needed to realize that, and uh, he was taking one read and ejecting pass rush integrity. Uh, was abysmal. Yeah, it's exactly what he was doing. It was it was one read and run, mm-hmm. and it worked. You know, it worked. We hadn't seen that this year for the most part, and uh, it worked. Let's do this. Let's go to Matt Lafleur. He had a presser earlier. I just got like a minute and a half clip here, and he was asked specifically about that final drive. You guys know earlier today on Good Morning Lambo, I kind of talked about. It. I'm gonna give a quick recap for the people that wasn't in here for that live one. If you guys would hit that like button. Uh, so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this uh, content. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Um, so I tweeted this out, the final seven plays of the game, okay, for the Packers. Six of the plays were single high man coverage. One play was country quarters. Four plays, we mugged seven at the line, so we wasn't playing prevent. We actually had seven people at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, one blitz, which was a linebacker scrape. I think that was the very first play of the drive. A linebacker scrape's real simple. You've got a defensive line. It kind of works like a, a TT or an ET stunt. The the defensive line will kind of bull rush. He may even take an inside path, and the backer will cross off of his hip, right, come off his hip, and they call that what we call a scrape blitz, right? And then one play had a linebacker spy on it. So they were playing cover one man with a linebacker spy, kind of a cover one drop, if you will, safety deep, man across the board, linebacker dropped short across the middle, but instead he was only about two yards away from the line of scrimmage playing a spy on the quarterback. I know some people were saying, why didn't we play spy? We did We did several times during the game. When you can't tackle him, you know, the spy does nothing for you. But who, did, but who do we normally have spy on him? Mm-hmm. Seven. Um, normally we got Quay back oh, no, there. Yeah, yeah in an ideal situation, absolutely. So like, and yeah. so he wasn't on the field. And, I mean, you saw McDuffie get thrown down a couple times. Yeah, it was on a run play, but still, I mean, it was, yeah. you know, who, you know, Campbell took over the dot. So, you know, you got your battles. Yeah, definitely. So let's go to Coach LaFleur. He was asked about that. I thought this was fascinating. And I actually mm-hmm. tweeted about it just a second ago, kind of asking Packer fans what they thought he meant. Let's hit on it and have a conversation. Here we go. Tampa tape and, um, you know, moving on. You're watching the, f- the film on the flight back. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm curious, when you look at the final defensive series, what do you see that you didn't see in real time, and what do you kind of wish you guys had done differently? Well, I mean, you wish you would have stopped them. Um, it, you know, like the first couple plays, they hit two checkdowns. You know, you, you, you're, you're fine with that. And then we're playing, Joe called man coverage and we're playing way off which we shouldn't be in that situation we called another man coverage that's when we got beat on that that seven cut we just got to be better with our eyes and you can't be peeking in the backfield and you got to keep your eyes on your work and uh unfortunately we didn't and we got gashed that ultimately uh did us in were the corners playing off by their own choice or just was that the call um that is something that we're going to have to get corrected, Bill. So uh, that is, we we if we're calling man, we got to be we got to be tighter. I'm assuming the answer here is going to be yes, but you're obviously you're playing big games, um, and your kickers missed a few. Okay, that was it. So what you heard there was, you know, was it by design, right? Like, why why are they playing off? And he said, well, when you when you call man coverage, you're expecting them to play closer, essentially is what he's saying. So the question I posed was, are they still allowing the corners to line up where they want to line up? Because, you know, Jair confirmed that. Russell confirmed that. Matt LaFleur, they all confirmed that last year, 
late last year and earlier this year. You guys remember going into the season, Jair said, I think we were making excuses, uh, basically saying like letting Barry take the fall when in all honesty, we had the freedom to kind of line up where we wanted to line up. Um, so when you look at it from that perspective, what I think he's saying there is when he said we got to get it corrected, that was Matt LaFleur's way of not throwing someone under the bus. I took it as we got to get it corrected. And these players have got to understand when we play man coverage, it's not like country quarters. Mm-hmm. You've got to play up on the line. You got to, it doesn't mean press man necessarily. It means play like he did. And that's the other thing too. People who immediately come back and say, no, he's just protecting Joe Barry. Then why was Keyshawn Nixon playing, you know, three yards off the line of scrimmage when he was in man coverage and he got burned on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be rare that they call a specific defense where Joe Barry says, all right, on this specific play call, corners, you play 10 yards off the ball, you're playing man coverage. Guys, that that hardly ever happens. Now, immediately in the comments, people go to, it's happened all year, not on man coverage. You're talking about two different animals here. Zone, absolutely, they've been playing soft in zone because it's designed to, you're going to catch that guy if he breaks the threshold of your zone match principles, right? So um, it was just, uh, it kind of made me sit back and go, hmm, there's something to that. There's something to that. So I personally think he was referring to the players. Um, it looked like it was pretty split on Twitter. Omer, you can let me know if you uh, if you think it was maybe one, bent one way or the other. But uh, to me, it seemed like the majority of the people were – or, or the, the uh, a balanced amount of people were, no, I think he's covering for Joe Barry, or, yeah, this seems like it's on the players. Nonetheless, it's still Joe Barry's responsibility to get it right, right? And in that situation – Immediately you think, okay, if Matt LaFleur is thinking that, if he's on the sideline, he's going, why the heck are we playing? We're playing man coverage and we're playing soft. What are we doing here? Burn a timeout and get it fixed, right? So that's on LaFleur too. It's not a sexy answer, Emilio. Mm -hmm. But every one of these issues that keep popping up, the answer is always there's plenty of blame to go around. And I know today's society, we want to go, that's the guy. Mm -hmm. Get him out of here. And listen, I've said it over and over and over. I think there will be better candidates than Joe Barry. I just want to know who they are. You're not going to get right. me to just walk around with a picket, you know, a picket sign and and saying fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry. We don't even know what the contingency would be. Do we have to change the scheme? We have to change the system. Now do we have to change personnel? There's a number of different things. But anyway, what did you think of Lafleur's comments there? Um, what what I don't know. What's your take on it? I mean, uh, he's. Like you said, he's the head coach of the team, right? So everybody's underneath him anyway. Everybody is, you know, t- taking direction from him. Why Why is he going to tear down everybody else? You said it all the time. A great leader. What is it? A great leader uh, uh, deflects criticism and something praise or something, you know, disperses praise. But with, with Barry being the defensive coordinator, yeah, he's coaching up all these guys to play defense, right? But when they're on the field and it's split-second decision, comms go out at – you know, 16 seconds, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? Everybody's doing hand signals. You can't hear anything. You got to make a play, man. Um, And, and if they feel like they need to be 10 yards off to make that play, that's more of an issue. You know, if you have that freedom, if they give you that option, you need to know what your boundaries are. You need to know where, where you can excel in what option. Again, we're given, you know, uh, if, if, it's been working so far. So why have we changed it? You know, the reason why we're upset right now is because it was, we it saw work. it on the last, the last, you know, the last drive of the game, the most recent game that happened 24 hours ago. So it's burned in our head that we, you know, that man cut co- and and then it's, and then you've got the people, you know, um, that 
always our, our wanting man. And every time we run man, we get toasted. So then it's like, what happens? What happens when we run zone and then the zone people? So like you said, there's enough blame to go around. The problem is everybody just wants to pick on one thing and uh, and just, I mean, burn it to a crisp so that so that they're good to go. I mean, somebody's got to pay. They leave that thing on the skillet for three days before they come to get it off. And and the problem is, is like, why do we need to have that? Why do we need to be on a roller coaster? Just let it play out for a co- like, can we get an average or something? Like, can we not just can we not just hit our spikes? And it's like we just slammed a Red Bull and we're good to go. And that or we just, you know, slam some NyQuil and we're not good to go. It's it's out of hand. Yeah. Um, let's see here in the chat. Boz says, as I'm getting attacked by a pterodactyl over here, my God, get it, boy, get it, get you some. Um, Boz, Boz says, who saw Mike Daniels' tweet? I did. Man, I should have pulled that up. Boz, that's why I need you I need you producing this show, my man. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Daniels kind of put a tweet out there, and I don't feel like he was stirring the pot. He was just pointing out, like, this is something that's been going on for a while. It's what we've all talked about. Like, right. We like to just say it's all Joe Barry. Joe Barry's horrible. Listen, nobody – on this show has ever said Joe Barry is a good coordinator. We haven't said it. We're simply showing you the tape and going blown coverage, missed tackle. It does. It follows him everywhere he's gone. We've talked about that over and over and over. Now the people who like to bash me for being Joe Barry's boyfriend, (laughs) right? They won't mention that. They just mention he's not out here screaming fire Joe Barry. So, but I've never been the type to just go with the flow. You guys will learn that really, really quick. Um, Boz says though, uh, Matt Daniels tweet, basically what he's saying is this has been going on for a long time and it's like, they don't like that in green Bay. They don't, cause people are like, why don't we have any attitude, any fierceness? And, and he just spoke up like we, I tried to enter, in, inject that into the defense mm-hmm. and they didn't like it. Player yeah. anonymous players spoke out against it to the coaching staff is essentially what he's saying. If I understood the tweet correctly. So definitely something that's been going on for a while. That's why I'm saying like, it was, if you get Dom Capers out here, we're going to win, win multiple Super Bowls. Get rid of Dom Capers. It's If we get Mike Pettin out of here, we're going to win multiple Super Bowls. You get Mike Pettin out. If we get rid of Joe Barry, we're going to win multiple mm-hmm. Super Bowls. Like, there's there's something that's off. And, and, again, the only thing, the only concept, these are different, totally different coachings, coaching staffs, guys. Like, Mike McCarthy, totally different from Matt LaFleur, right? I think we would all agree his whole approach. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. So what's the one consistent thing? It's how we draft on defense, right? If you want to stop the run, then you don't go out and draft a bunch of pass rushers. If you want to stop the pass and get after the quarterback, which we didn't do yesterday, which kind of makes you think, hmm, is it as good of a draft class as we think it is, right? You're Devontae Watts, and like we've talked about Kenny for some time now, which Kenny, Mm -hmm. they've gotten after the pass this year. It's just, like you said, it comes to a head for one game, and and everything hits the fan, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I did see that, Boz. Did you happen to see the tweet, Emilio? Yeah, I, I think um, from what kind of what I was thinking, same thing you were saying. Even when, even back in the day, they were still having the same problems on defense, even with culture changes and coaching changes and everything like that. So, it's you know, there's something deeper. And honestly, it's it, it really could be something deeper. We have no idea. I mean, it could be the interim coach that's helping the assistant coach that's helping them, you know, with their footwork each day, you know, I, you have no idea what, what, what they're going, you know, what they're doing specifically to try to fix it. But again, I mean, it's, this should be the, the stronghold of the team, right? Because they're older, they have the age and and everything like that, but we still didn't have a handful of players. You know, a lot of our salary cap is not on the field. I I know we don't like to talk about it, but, there's probably a hundred mil that's not anywhere on seeing the turf. And, and uh, you know, that's, you get 200 million. That's about half, that's about half your, uh, half your change there. And it's yeah. tough when it's not on the field and you're not getting that production out of the, out of the money spent. Right. Uh, so Mike Daniels, tweet, his original tweet to the best of my knowledge, this was the first one he put out. He said, Packer fans, no matter the coordinator, no matter the personnel, we seem to not. I love how he said we, too. He still sees himself as a Packer. I think that's cool. Love that. Um, we seem to not be able to be an elite, be elite on defense. I played alongside legit Hall of Fame players, several all pros and pro bowlers, yet mid to bottom ranks. Years later, I see the same thing, even with a culture change. Why? So he's like asking the question, why? Mm-hmm. And then someone responded. He said, well, Zach Taylor is a complete offensive guy, yet Lou had us uh, – talking about the, the coaching staff in Cincy when he was there. Lou had us as a top defense a few times, and he did it without all of the all pros like we had in Green Bay. But even before he got there, since he was a dominant defense, so I really don't know. I just love that he's having a genuine conversation mm-hmm. with fans. It's really right. – he said, the guys hate – or I'm sorry, uh, Packer Frog, listen to this. Packer Frog 53 t- tweeted at him and said, some of it is incompetence as it pertains to scheme. It's also the mentality of the players and coaches. I've said it for years. There's no killer instinct in Green Bay. You and Quay Walker are the only players since Wayne Simmons in the mid-90s that have a nasty mindset. That matters. I think that does matter a little on defense. I do. But this is what my – I remember when this happened when Mike Daniels was here. He said, it's time for us to be the bad guys. We're going to start bullying people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he went quiet, and the next year he was gone. It was like, what happened? Listen to this. The guys hated that, though. Honestly, my attitude was well-received in Detroit and Cincinnati. They even had me go all the pregame speeches on our Super Bowl run. In Green Bay, everyone wasn't a fan of it. There was even an article with, quote, anonymous sources on how I yelled too much. So there you go. It just just kind of a point that it's been going on for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I'm I mean, glad that's, you Boss. That, that's why the Steelers are the Steel Curtain, right? You know, it's that's why Palomalu was just a headhunter. That's why the Ravens' defense is still, you know, it, it's who, who knows, man? They're so much deeper than just surface level. Right, right. Ron Samble in the chat says it's on the players, but should have been corrected after it happened once. Yeah, if if the players are are taking the freedom to line up where they want to line up, which we had that confirmed by both players and coaches in the past, you would think it would happen one time, and the coaching staff would go, "Hey, look, let's let's get a timeout here. Get you, you know, we can't be playing cover one man ten yards off the line of scrimmage." Right. Um, so, and again, uh, Joe Barry doesn't control the timeouts, right? Now he can say through the headset to Matt, "Hey, let's burn a timeout here." Uh, but Matt also has, you know, he has full reign over whether you call a timeout. We're kind of splitting hairs now. Probably shouldn't even take the conversation that deep, but we'll kind of finish up here in the chat. Omer says, Clayton was right. We play appropriate coverage, most of it, but too soft off the line, which uh, always my issue with Barry, but it's players' execution too. Definitely plenty of blame to go around. Uh, I mean, sure. but like I said, it was the last drive, so that's why we're drilling it. I mean, go back and watch. Go back and watch the Atlanta game all the way through the middle of the game. You know, go back and watch the Saints game. When were we running, you know, man coverage, press? Like, let's start getting those kind of visuals and stats and how were they playing then. And, again, we had a different quarterback crew then. So, it's, you know, it's everything. Right. Casey in the chat says, I already approved Clayton's PTO after the season. I appreciate that, man. I dread the day that we can't do two shows a day. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely give you guys a warning when we go back to one show a day. But – uh I'm having fun with it, man. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, hit that light right, yeah, hit the light, John, right there. Click that for us real quick. John in the chat says it's Joe Barry. He has never been, he's never had a good defense. He never had a good run defense. Uh, that's on him. Those are all true, John. You know, he's never been, he's never had a top defense as a coordinator. There's no no doubt about it. He was on the staff in LA when they went to the Super Bowl, and that's kind of what got him the job back here with LaFleur because they wanted to implement the quarters quarters defense, the Fangio defense. The problem is you're not running Fangio's defense right now. You, you are, but not to a T. You're playing so much man coverage. And I, don't, I know the coaching staff isn't listening to the fans. The problem I have with that is so many fans last year screaming, why ain't we playing man? We're playing too soft. This zone doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Not playing man, and it's Keyshawn getting burnt for 32 yards with the game on the line. Which yeah. Keyshawn owned up to it. He's like, man, I, I played bad. You heard Lafleur talk about that in that soundbite too. He said, you got to keep your eyes on your work. What he means there is you're you're playing man coverage. You're covering this guy, and he got caught peeking into the backfield, jab mm-hmm. step inside, burn him on the out. I originally thought it was a wheel route, like I said this morning. I went right. back and watched it. So he just burned him on an out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he. I think Matt said it was. It looked like a seven or whatever. But he also said about Keyshawn was, hey, like you you fumbled that ball, fall on it. Don't. Try to like it, it was Keyshawn compounded his mistakes that game, so he had a tough game for sure. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, uh, brutal, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Also, in the chat, Robert Allen says, Personally, I like the Minnesota defensive philosophy, dictate the terms of engagement. Yeah, they're very blitz heavy, they play a lot of man too. When he was in Miami, he'd be in uh, um, obviously, uh, gosh, B flow, Brian Flores, um. Yeah. But it's funny, too, when he got the job in Minnesota this year, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a lot of people saying he you know, he ain't got the dogs to run that defense up there. They'll fall flat on their face, and then you look up and go, they're actually holding up pretty good, even with 
they they completely scrapped everything on defense, right? Mm-hmm. To get to start getting him the players that he needs to run that defense properly. Um, there's a lot of different options. Of course, Beeflo, a good example. He comes from the New England Patriots uh, coaching tree, so he he studied and learned under Bill Belichick. That's why you go for, okay, if you like that style of defense, might want to dig into the Patriots defensive staff a little bit, right? And again, I know. His former assistants, his former coordinators, him being Bill Belichick, haven't went on to be good head coaches. But B flows one of many examples that they go on to be pretty good coordinators, pretty good assistants uh, where they right. go. So, well, that's uh, it. Same with like uh, Dan Quinn in Dallas, right? I mean, he tough, tough go of it as a as a uh, head coach, but goes back to his defense coordinator, tears it up. Um, but I, I feel like people think that they're playing Madden sometimes. You know, when you're you're creating the ultimate team. And you got the zone chemistry and then you got man chemistry and you're like, well, but I want this player and this player. And it's like, you got to be good at something. Yeah. We're not going to run zone or man the entire game, but we got to pick one that we're really good at and be able to lean on our strengths when we're in a time of need. That's the other thing about them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's see here. Uh, next chat. Ethan in the chat says we definitely weren't gap sound yesterday. <laughs> you are right over a link. Uh, we definitely were at gap sound yesterday. Is that defensive coordinator problem or a player problem or even a position coach problem? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you assign, when you play one gap, if you're playing one back, you're playing one gap. When you're playing one gap, it's really straightforward. You're responsible for this gap. It's your responsibility to hit it with the right timing, to hit it with the right force, to plug your gap. If everybody stays gap sound, there's nowhere for the running back to go. It's easier said than done with us being fat, out of shape, sitting on our couch eating Cheetos going, hey, cover your gap. But essentially, that's what Matt LaFleur was saying two games ago. PFF agrees the run defense is absolutely horrendous. The stats suggest the run defense is absolutely horrendous. When you're playing two safeties deep, you've got an excuse. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's going on. You see, we're playing a lot of single high looks, putting an extra in the box, mugging the A gaps from time to time. More often than not, what I've seen this year, and you're still not getting the job done. Um, it's I think it's got a lot to do with how we draft. Um, right. The only I thing mean, I can come up with. The only thing I can come up with. There's there's a thing called weight, height, weight, speed, and uh, I'd say we need a little bit more of two out of those three uh, in the trenches. I'm not saying about the team. It just immediately made me think of the old movie, the baseball movie, Angels in the Outfield, when he said, mm. there's a thing called talent. They don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying the Packers aren't talented. It's just that's the first thing I thought of right there. Yeah. Uh, Red Moe in the chat said, it's so hard for us to be sure or what is to blame when we aren't at practices. We have no idea what they're actually stressing to the players. And if they're listening, it's so true, man. And right. we don't even know what the exact play call is. You'll hear me say on Chalk Talk all the time, I think it's this. To me, it looks like zone match, and the threshold was here. If and then, if he goes to the flat, Dre's going to the flat. If he if he goes vertical, Dre's passing him to the safety, and then he's falling into the hook. Like you can only assume we're not in those meetings now. If it's spot drop, it's so you could tell when it's spot drop too. They're not playing like man technique passing mm-hmm. from zone to zone. It's simply I'm dropping back and covering turf. I'm covering this specific zone. Those are easy to see. It's easy to see man coverage across the board. The tough ones are. When every player on defense is in zone and you see Keyshawn playing man, and I'm going, did they really go Meg on a number four receiver there? I have a hard time believing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are the tough ones for sure. Um, let's see here. Casey in the chat says, uh, nah, it's Matt LaFleur 100 percent Why he doesn't want a dude to come in and be his own. 
Um, he wants a dude that uh, that plays to his offensive game plan. Ben, don't break because I will score. Um, I think there may be some something in that, Casey. Um, not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, I think uh, I think there may be something to that. John in the chat said. Uh, Packers need big nose tackle like Gilbert Brown. You know, it's crazy because T.J. Slayton had a good game yesterday. You could see it on tape. That one where he broke into the, oh. where he the snap count, such a missed opportunity, man. If he had, if he had blew that running back up in the back. Yeah. What I was hoping for was a play action, and he just, like, just oh. engulfed a cutlet. Like, we could have just moved that. Yeah, we could have just, we could have just, like, put a nice little chicken cutlet on it, and as he just, like, ate it, it just disappeared. Right. Oh. Yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert was a different beast for sure, man. Um, Omer in the chat says, Mike Wall always complaining about poor technique, hand and footwork, balance and leverage. You know, I remember him coming on the show and saying, uh, you know, how you arrive at, at confrontation determines how you or dictates how you handle confrontation. Meaning when you get to the tackle point, how you arrive there, are you over top of your pads? Are you balanced? Are you, you, you got good pad level to make the tackle? Are your feet underneath you? Are your hands inside? All those things, they matter. Um, there's some bad technique going on. He's been very vocal. Mike Wall has been very, very vocal this year that they're they are not a draft and develop coaching staff. They are not developing players. Yeah. They are a tech a technique coaching staff. So it seems like the GM. You hear that dog lay down, bro? Sounds. I mean, he, all he's doing is laying in the floor. He's laying down. <laughs> he, he probably weighs 110 pounds now. It's unbelievable. Just adjusting. Yeah, he thinks he runs the show, buddy. I'm still the alpha around here. Uh-huh. I hope, he never gets, I hope he never gets pissed at me. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> He's a little intimidating. What I, what I would like to see more is some of those sleds. I, I don't see them. You know, let's let's work on getting low, driving through. You know, wrap up. Let's let's not do two arm bars to tackle that sort of stuff. That's what I want to see more of. But yeah. um, but we had a really good week coming up uh, against the or going into the Lions week on a short week, mental week. Like Matt was saying, this week's coming up is going to be a short week again. Uh, coming off a Monday game, it'll be a short week, a lot of mental stuff, and maybe that's how this team works. I still don't think that, like, you know, a coach wants to rely on just mental practices. You know, we yeah. we need to we need to work them. We we got to be physical. It's a physical game. But if this is where that this team needs to be right now and learn mentally, fine, let's do some of it. But we can't lose our physicality, and that could be you know another source of that defense or whatever. Um, you know, not coming to be. Yeah. Doug in the chat says, Clayton, you might not remember the Forrest Gregg years, but that was the last era we rostered a whole culture of defensive players with a whole lot of dog in them. Mm-hmm. We've gotten away from that. I know they didn't win a lot of games under Forrest Gregg, but the story that sticks out to me, and it was before I was a Packers fan, was it sounded like them and the Bears got into a pretty big brawl, and the the rumor was that Forrest Gregg and Mike Dicka were going to meet in the parking lot after the game. Like they, the coaches were like, "Hey, let's just get it on right here. Meet at the fifty yard line." I can't remember what it was they said. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a. That was, they they hated each other, man. There's no doubt about it. Hey, you guys, hey, settle down down there. All right? They're getting frustrated now. I may turn it over to you for a minute and try to get them downstairs. You're good. Um, let's see here. People going to think I'm over here breaking wind with him growling. Uh, let's see. Casey in the chat said it is uh BC. Uh, let's see, it is BC. Because. Oh, it is because okay, got look at Emilio over here. See, I'm a boomer. <laughs> it is because they believe they will score more and the defense should be completely designed to play that way. Um, I think I think there is something to that with coaching staffs trying to build a roster, build a team, build a game plan around how they want things to unfold, um, rather than just trying to play things, you know, kind of straight to the point. Right. But I mean, it's tough. 
Yeah. I mean, what what's the other option though? <laughs> Besides, you know, bend don't break or what do we only rely on explosive plays and play really aggressive and then get roasted over the top? I, that That's the other thing. I mean, you're playing defense either way. The fact that we got a term at bend don't break versus, you know, explosive defensive plays. That's, I think that's, you know, sort of picking at, you know, splitting hairs sort of thing, because either way you're out there playing defense, you're either, you know, blitzing your, you know, coverage, all that. It's not bending. And, you know, I, I don't love that term. Yeah. I don't either. Um, Doug in the chat says Simmons picked up Reggie Wayne of the Colts on a tackle and started shaking him out like a rug. Right. Let's see something like that. You know, I want to see TJ Slayton just pick up the running back. That's like five eight. Oh, there we go. Sorry, Link. <laughs> yeah, Link didn't like that. Thank you, Mandy. I appreciate it. Uh, I like how you come up the steps halfway, whistled as if they wasn't going to go crazy over that. But I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, you're good. You're good. I appreciate you helping. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, we got a couple super chats I rolled through. Oh, do we really? Yeah, I'm falling behind, Manny. I am live right now. Appreciate that, Manny. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I told him about it, but I forgot to bring it up last night. Emilio, did you hear about uh, me being at Sam's Club here in Johnson City and no. the old man stopping me? Like, I'm coming out. This happened twice in one day. Two old men stopped and talked to me about the Packers. And both times, the way they approached me was like, I'm about to fight this guy. Like, what's yeah. that about? But the second one at Sam's Club walked up and pointed his finger at my chest. And he went, they better win Monday. I got money on them. <laughs> now, hey, that guy, that guy not happy today. I'm yeah. I, th- I thought it was going to be, hey, you're the guy on that, you're the guy on that uh, YouTube there, aren't you? Oh, I've man. seen you over there. <laughs> I, I recognize that big head. <laughs> yeah. Chris in with the super chat. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate you. He said, it's the way we draft. We don't bring in the dogs. They definitely draft the nice guys, man. I mean, like, I mean and listen, I, I don't want I don't want a bunch of thugs running around. I don't want a right. bunch of convicts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. You know, somebody like even back in the day, Bill Romanowski is the first person that comes to mind. Great linebacker, right? Great guy. You don't want somebody spitting in people's faces and breaking teammates' jaws and practice because right. you're it up. Right? Yeah. 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 Right. We're not Danny Bateman out there. We're not trying to go out there and just throw clotheslines. All right. But, but I would love to see, like, you know, like the lockdown chain or like some spikes on their, you know, shoulder pads. You know, Aaron Jones has got his glasses when he scores a touchdown. You know, where's where's a lunch pail? You know, someone come to work, please. Someone like get him a big oversized lunch pail. And the one dude that comes to work and shows up for this defense, let's make it about him. You know, yeah. let's that it they gotta have a I mean they had the team mentality, but let's show up, you know, let's let's ball out just for being, you know, defensive guys. You know, we don't yeah. score the touchdowns. We can, you know, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And it's a it's a very broad comment, right? Right. But I know what you mean, man. I feel, you feel it every Sunday. Every Sunday when you watch a game or Monday, whenever. Yeah. Let me see Ray Lewis come out of the smoke. Like what, who on our defense? I mean, Rashawn, right. Who would come out of the tunnel and just do a dance that like, is, you're trying to just absolutely lay into these people. Like you are trying to scare them off the field yeah. just by yourself. That's we, if we could find 11 of them, I'd be happy with five of them, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to, like you said, let's get some dogs. Yeah, Mike Hebring, again, thank you so much. Who was it? Uh, Chris N., thank you for the super mm-hmm. chat, pal. Appreciate you. Mike Hebring in the house, a.k.a. super fan, Packer super fan, says, uh, cornerback is becoming a big need. 25 needs to be replaced. Mike, keep preaching to the choir, brother. <laughs> it's uh, You missed him last night, man, and it's still it's frustrating because it's like, 
a damn fourth round value. And we could, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's, it's still just tough for me. And you notice the people who were doing the victory laps because the defense seemed to get better after they traded them. Nowhere to be seen today, boy. They, mm-hmm. but that's it. That's it. Why do we got to preach? Let it just play out for five minutes. Like, why you got to, why do you got to say something three seconds after it happens? Right. And like, just looking to dunk on people. Yeah. Constantly. It was like, oh my God, man. They need why? to let it rattle around in that brain of hers for a minute, you know? Like, let's just slow down for two seconds. Yeah. But, Mike, yeah, I completely agree, man. Um, I, I feel like there's bigger needs too, though, Mike. That's the, that's the tough part. You guys know I don't put corner. If well, here's the question: If you're going to play man coverage like we did yesterday, yes, completely agree with you, Mike. You need somebody like Jair that could follow a number one receiver. But if you're going to play Fangio defense, quarters coverage, I wouldn't invest that much money into a corner. Get a couple mm-hmm. good solid ones. Don't get me wrong, but you don't want to break the bank on a corner when you're just going to play quarters zone match that type of. Defense because they're not going to follow if someone goes in coverage or in in motion. And the reason being is if they follow, then now somebody's got to pick up that zone. And all it takes is a couple motions. One guy goes over, takes the number one corner with him, and they motion another guy over. Now you got Devondre Campbell trying to cover a, a wide receiver, right? Or mm-hmm. God forbid, Preston Smith get out there in a flat. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, completely agree though, Mike. The go only ahead. other thing I would say to that is um, if you watch the Dallas Eagles game. You, you probably saw, maybe not. Al Harris, the secondary coach for the Cowboys, what is he teaching the players? He's not even going over, you know, he's teaching them, like, tendencies. He's teaching them little subtleties. That's why he, they, every, they were asking him, you know, why do you have seven pick sixes? You know, why, why is your defense doing this? He's He's been – he was the player, you know, he's seen it. He's teaching them all those little nuances that he saw every game. And when it happens, it happens. You know, they they still need to make a play on the ball. They still need to act on it when it comes when it comes to terms. But you know, how are they like you? Not as like Mike Wall says. How do you approach conflict? How are they approaching their drop steps? How are they approaching that? You know, that that open hip. How are they approaching the pivot? All that. Um, so it, it, like we said, it could be top down. Definitely. Again, Mike, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Good to see you in here. Coach Monk says, "Oh my God, I'm from Kingsport." Coach, nice. don't be telling people that. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I'm just kidding. Kingsport's not a bad place. We do uh, we do a little bit of workout in Kingsport, uh, Mills on Wheels. Uh, we we work – I can't remember the name of the church, but it's over off of Stone Drive. Uh-huh. We go over there uh, once a month, one Wednesday a month. Uh, I'll go with Mandy in my off season, and we'll uh, we'll go over and we feed like, I don't know, something like 85, 90 people. It, it kind of fluctuates mm-hmm. a little bit, but elderly people, handicapped people. Um, the church provides the food through their local pantry. We go over there and prep the meal. And then we have drivers deliver meals to people that just, you know, kind of, you know, don't have money or they're disabled or where they can't work, that type of thing. Right. So we spend a little bit of time in Kingsport. Good to, good to see that you're close by here, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug here in the chat uh, says, Mike Wall talked about culture today, too, the type of guys he'd like to play with. Yeah, he uh, he's big on that, man. And, and when you talk about if you ever heard him tell the story, if you guys are ever in the chat live with him, if he takes questions, Ask him to tell the story about the time he told it on this podcast when he was on as a guest about the uh, offensive lineman that it was a rookie offensive lineman. I think he was a third or a fourth round pick who kind of came in and got rude with Ryan Longwell, the kicker, thinking, yeah, I'm a lineman. We're going to bully this kicker. And the offensive lineman literally told him, we're going to make the rest of your summer a living hell. And it was like within a year, he was off the team, Amelia. They ran him off, bro. It was like a high pick, too. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, as he was telling the story, everybody's going, take this pick, that. They immediately, the fans knew exactly who they were talking about. <laughs> it's funny. But uh, let's see. We got a super chat here. Dan the DM. I think that's Dan the damn man is what I'm going to say. Appreciate you, Dan. Yeah, thanks for the super chat, buddy. He says, Ben, but don't break is inherently non-aggressive. Dogs can't be dogs in that defense. Need a new mindset on defense. If you feel that way, Dan, um, if you feel that way, you, you got to take the good with the bad, right? There's going to be explosive plays. There's going to be explosive plays both ways, right? Like, right. You, you know, big interceptions, big sacks, obviously, but you're also going to give up that big play. That's what bothers me is like we're not we're not selling out to the Fangio defense and we're not selling out to an aggressive defense. You're just kind of stuck in between. And right. Look, I read said as a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I think that applies to everything a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be, can't be wishy-washy. Yeah. One foot in yeah. out. So uh, let's see here. Mike Hebring says Clayton's off season. Um, I'll try to explain that to you real quick. Mike. We've got like, we've got at one point we have five businesses. Now we're down to about, down to four essentially is what we're, what we're working right now. One of my businesses is a landscaping business. And uh, it's something that I like to do in the summertime, the spring and the summertime is get out and do that physical labor. It's something that Emilio reached out to me. We kind of connected on. I like to work that myself this year. It may change. I may hire someone and uh, to, uh, to work uh, my half of the business. But as of right now, I'm planning on going back out just because I don't want to get fat old now to shape. (laughs) I want to, I use it almost as a, you know, you'll notice your gym you know, membership. Yeah, and exactly. In the summertime, you'll see I'll, I'll you'll see the Native American kind of show up on my skin. I get yeah. really, really dark. Where people around here say I'm, I'm Mexican. Are you are you Mexican? I'm not Mexican. <laughs> I get off. What, what kind of comment is that? Ironically, Emilio is a quarter Mexican. But anyway, um, you'll see that, and you'll see my my jawline get a little chiseled. Right now, I'm I'm blimped up because it's the off season, baby. That's uh-huh. what we do. We sit around. Yeah. And get it. In between running mulch, Clayton just drops down and does ten push-ups just to keep himself fit, and he's just. And because of the, po- the because of the pod, I pretty much phased that side of the business out this year. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Right. I'm gonna focus on doing two shows a day. People are calling wanting mulch. Call somebody else. I'm done. I ain't yep. doing. It. I ain't fooling with it. And next thing I know, I get I got another chin and another chin. <laughs> and another chin. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Never mind, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got an opening for. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was referring to, Mike. Thanks for getting us steered off topic. Someone will send me an email and say, I don't want to hear about your job. So, appreciate <laughs> you, buddy. Uh, let's do this real quick before we wrap up. We're at the 48-minute mark. This flew by, Emilio. It's been awesome. Let's talk about the playoff picture real quick, all right? Um, I think it's worth noting. It is what it is. The Packers are still the number seven seed. This is pretty cool. So, the way the playoffs sit right now, obviously, with the Cowboys beating the Eagles the other night, they jumped to the number two seed. And the 49ers jumped to the one seed. So as it sits right now, we'll just focus on the NFC. The Niners would get the first round by. The Packers would be playing at Dallas. Uh, obviously, the Packers being the seventh seed, Dallas being the two seed. The Vikings would be traveling to Detroit, being the sixth seed, and Detroit being the third seed. And then the Eagles would travel to Tampa, being the fifth seed, and the Bucks being the fourth seed. So when you look at the playoffs the way it sits right now, we're currently sitting in the seven slot. We're hanging on. I'm talking about by a thread, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in the seventh spot at six and seven. There's, I think there's five total teams that are sitting at six and seven. Let me drop the ticker down real quick just to make sure here. Yeah. So the Packers are six and seven. The Rams are six and seven. The Seattle Seahawks are six and seven. The Falcons are six and seven. And the Saints are six and seven. So if we went out, obviously we're good to go, right? 
Um, you could probably drop one. I think Omer actually shared a stat earlier today on Twitter, if I remember correctly, where if you go three and one for the remainder of the season, you got like a – it's something like a, a, a plus 90% chance of making the playoffs. So you're pretty much good to go at nine wins, right? Right. Um, if you go three and one, essentially. But down the stretch here, you know, you can't, you can't look at any of these games now. I think – we got the trap game out of the way, right, guys? You, you understand what we were saying about the trap game now. I, I took a lot of hell for that, going, oh, you saying it's a trap game? How's it a trap game? And I know nobody in the chat was saying it, but believe you me, emails, YouTube comments, whoo, it mm-hmm. was like how, you know, they, they should boat race. I know they should, but this is the NFL, right? So when you look at the remainder of the schedule for the Packers, obviously you got Tampa Bay coming up. That I don't want to look any further than that, Emilio. I really right. don't. Like right. you got Tampa at home. Tampa is not a bad team. I'm sorry, they're not. They got a lot of weapons, man. A lot of weapons. I'd like to see. Uh, well, I mean, if the chat wants, like, how many how many wins do they think we're going to get the rest of this season? Because when I was listening, um, I was listening to a bit. So, chat, let me know. What Omer? How many wins you got? You know, Redmo, all them. Let's hear it. Uh, so with with this going going this way, if we um, this is what the Bears podcast was saying. If we lose to uh, Tampa Bay win our next two games after that, and then go to play the Bears, and the Bears are winning out at that point. We would both be eight and eight playing for, I believe it would be that seventh seed um, for that last for that last game. So the problem with that is, do we want? Do we really want it to? I mean, ob- you know, obviously we're going to say the Bears. No way they're winning out. But our the problem with that is, what what happens if we do drop that Bucks game? We are in a we are in a race, you know, all it takes is one of them to, to, to take another win and we're out of it. So we did, we made it a lot, um, a lot more difficult, I guess, but, uh, you know, still the, the bears still got to go through, uh, Cleveland next week and everything like that. But, um, you know, there's an, there's a chance. And the fact that we were first at, you know, the beginning of this year, yeah, we're going to (laughs) be picking fifth. No, you know, we might be fifth in the, you know, the playoffs, no seven. So, um, I mean, we just got to be happy with, with what this team's doing, with where they're at, with what they have. I mean, I, I, f- I feel like we can't be upset about what this team's trying to put out there for us. You know, it's not like they're not trying. It's not like they're not, you know, putting that energy out there. And right now we're in the playoff hunt. So, you know, we're in the, you know, we're in the wild card. So we can't yeah. be upset about that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, when you kind of look at, where we expected them to be. We said at the first of the year, six six to ten wins is what I kind of projected. And, you know, somewhere in that range we're good. If they win six games, then, hey, with the youngest roster in the league, tack on all the injuries, even more so it applies. Yeah, LaFleur should be back next year. If you want to make a change at D.C., I got you. I understand that. If you want to keep Barry, I understand that too because you're going to mm-hmm. have to step back when you're trying to teach a new defensive philosophy. I understand both sides of the coin there for sure. Uh, but as, as you kind of step into – the offseason there, Jordan Love, the one thing I wanted to see was I wanted to see at least 25 touchdowns, no more than 15 interceptions if you got 25 touchdowns, right? Kind of that ratio. Guys, he had a bad game last night, bad first half, I should say, right, which should constitute, you know, saying a bad game overall. Right. With that being said, though, like the last three games now, four games, whatever it is, he's got nine touchdowns and one interception. That's pretty damn good, boys. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. I know it was rough, the fumble, the interception. Some would argue that cost you the game, and I think that's a fair argument. I do. I think there's plenty of blame to go around, though. But uh, I think uh, with what we've seen so far, 
I'm happy with the year. Now let's just right. finish strong getting to the playoffs, man. Get right. a little free football. You know what I mean? Get yeah. your oh. get get him a little bit of playoff experience. Definitely. And I mean, you know, stop looking at it like you said, stop looking at it with blinders. Okay. Yeah, he did throw the pick. All right, it happened in this game, but you back up a little bit and look at it from a, a bigger perspective. Hey, he was not nine touchdowns, one pick. So how was that not, you know, progression? He's a he's a second half quarterback. Everyone wants to stamp him as that. All right, fine. Uh you know, our first half struggled again. Hey, when he was putting together the first half, that's when we were tearing him up. So if that's something that he needs to learn, if that's the one thing, you know, or if that's one of the major things that he picks up from this year that he has to learn to be more of a first half quarterback, but he's locked in in the second half and he's working, you know, to be locked in, in the second half of the season. How I'm excited about that. Like you said, that's a that's a good season. We're already at the, you know, we're already at the baseline for a decent season. You know, yeah. as long as we keep at climb, you know, Everyone, I think I saw most of them, you know, three and one, where most of them are. Some of them have two losses in there. But if, you know, we were talking, hey, we're going to drop one of the Lions. Hey, we're going to drop one of the Chiefs. Okay, we lost one, you know, to the Giants. But it's an NFC opponent that really not in the playoff picture. So it's not terrible for where we were. It was kind of like we lost to the Chiefs. Not exactly, but. Not, not, not know, the same. So, um, so we, we still have a chance. We're still chasing that. This weekend's going to be big. We have to get through this game. And that's where Matt LaFleur is going to be on them. We can't look past them. We tried, you know, we can't look, we didn't look past the Lions. We didn't look past the Chiefs. I'm assuming they didn't look past the Giants and they got, you know, you know, punched in the mouth. So uh, I I think they're going to be hungry and angry at that point uh, moving forward. Yeah. And when you look at Sunday as of right now, trying to see an early forecast for the day in Green Bay Sunday, mostly cloudy, high of 41. So no chance of uh, snow at the moment. That night's going to be 29, but I'm I'm assuming it's at least a, a – uh, it's probably most likely a noon game, I would imagine. They may flex it to the 4 o'clock if it's not set at the 4 o'clock slot. But let's go back to the predictions that you asked for. We'll wrap this thing up, Emilio. Uh, Jennifer said three wins okay. the rest of the way. Mike Hebring says three and one, like um, kind of becoming pretty common there. Brenton, Indiana said eight and eight going into the Bears game, so setting up obviously the chance – That's to, what the NFL would want, right? That's how uh, – if we're, uh, if we're, if we're, if we're drawing it up. Robbery? Come Ooh, on. In the snowing in January? Come on, dude. It don't get any better than that. I might just find myself on an airplane heading up there. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Um, let's see. And then Mike Hebring says lose to the Vikings. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, Omer says win out. We get the six – we get seed six – or NFC North if the Lions lose three, need a minimum to lose another game besides losing to us. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, Britain, Indiana beating the Bucks and Panthers losing to Minnesota. Okay, got it. And Jennifer says she'll be at the Bears game. I will cry my way home if they lose. It's always tough when you make the trip and they, you come away with an L. I've had to experience that a couple of times, but I think I think the win percentage for when I'm in the in, you know in Green Bay, I've been pretty fortunate, something like eighty percent or something. So there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm zero and one. So and it was a long twelve hour, thirteen hour drive back. So oh yeah, dude. First time I ever went, we drove up. It was worth it. Don't get me wrong, but we drove up, spent the night in Appleton, went to the Damn. game, and drove back right after the game. It was brutal. <sighs> no shot. I we had it was a. One o'clock game, but man, by the time four o'clock came around and you had a few daddy oh, sodas bro. and a couple brats and wore out. Yeah, wore crawled out, into man. bed, woke up at three or four in the morning. I was like, we gotta go. It started snowing and everything. I was like, yeah, let's yeah. start it up. We're out of here. Don't let me forget to tell you guys a story. We we don't have time today. The no dose story. You guys remember those little no dose caffeine pills? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I overdosed on those on the way back from Green Bay, trying to stay awake, making that thirteen hour drive. It was 
It was bad. Ended up on uh on Jellico Mountain throwing up a truck's wisdom by me, bro. It was it was rough. Mm-hmm. You know where Jellico Mountain is. Yep. Uh, anyway, Red Mo in the chat said I had this team at nine wins at the beginning of the season. We won the three hardest games on the schedule, but dropped a couple ugly ones early. A uh, wild card loss was my ceiling for this team. We get anywhere near. Uh, yeah. He said, I'm thrilled. Uh, yeah, I think exactly it. spot on, man. You're tracking better than my prediction of six to 10 wins, you know, because, right. you know, ideally eight and eight would probably be the, the, the right prediction there as far as what I was most likely and, thinking of. So. And we look back on it now saying, oh, man, I can't believe the Raiders beat us when they just lost a three nothing game to the Vikings, you know. So it's like, it, like he said, we lost a couple tough ones early. That Atlanta game was tough. A lot of one score games, which I think is going to help them in the long run. Like we said, Minnesota won them all last year. You're not going to always win them all when right. we need to. I think we need to practice being on the road, which is good. A wild card game on the road will help us for sure. It's just another, you know, check in the box. Um, but, you know, on the road and, uh, you know, just uh, staying competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Robert Allen says, yeah, eight and eight going into the Bears game seems more realistic or seems realistic rather. And then we'll end it with this. Jennifer Wright said, you just need to go one and oh this week. Jennifer, amen. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the name of the game should be. And just improve, right? You had a you had a slight setback. We had a three week thriller, baby. We were on a we were on a what do they yeah. call it? A heater. We were on a heater. Back to reality. Let's reset. See if this team can kind of get geared up and, and go out there and get that dub. But Milio, as we wrap up, dude, what else you got to add to this? No, like like you just said there, <clears throat> it was a great time to be a Packers fan three weeks ago. But now that we're looking narrow-minded at a loss and we're taking the heat from the you know cutlets are flying at us and stuff and people are just freaking out. Hey, let it be for a second. Let it cool down. You know, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Give it, <laughs> give it some time to cool down before you just start freaking out. Let's get through the Bucks game. Let's see what happens. Then you can back out again and say, hey, um, you know, we were on a three-game win streak. We lost one. We're one. You know, we're five or we're four and one out of the last five. So you can always look at it. You know, we're 0-1 in the last one. We're 3-1 and in the last four. There's a lot lot of different ways to look at it. So, um, honestly, the the team's working. And uh, I I think we're going to come out strong after uh, after a game like that, uh, Tampa Bay. And I don't remember the schedule. We lost some back-to-backs. But I think Matt's going to try to rock them out of, you know, back-to-back losses. I think he's not going to start to let that fly, especially now that he's 16-1 and in December. We're not happy about that. Yeah, definitely. We'll get the uh, schedule pulled up for Good Morning Lambo tomorrow nice. and hit on that. But uh, yeah, like you were saying, don't touch the stove; it's hot. The old saying, "If you know, it hurts when I do that." Well, don't do that. Right. That. <laughs> yeah. Like mess with one of those cigarette lighters when you were a kid. You know, oh, wondering yeah. what that was. Oh my! Just the yeah. target on your thumb, like mm. <laughs> you love it. Yeah, won't mess with that again. Mike Hebring in the chat says, "I had them winning six, so any wins here on out are gravy." Amen, dude. Amen. That that six to ten is, it's got me kind of. That's people ask me all the time, how do you be so you know calm watching the game when you're always in a good mood? Guys, we should have seen this coming, right? Like, right. it's it, it was going to be a set, and, and I think the main issue, if you watch the people who are overly emotional, you can listen to them talk about it, all that. The ones who are overly emotional, they're the same ones that were going, ah, oh, this team ain't going to have a setback without Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be just fine. Now all of a sudden, it's. You know, here we are, right? What are you laughing about? Um, well, I felt – I mean, I was laughing, but now I feel bad. I'm too old for this. Goes Emilio saying, don't touch the stove is hot. 
as my kitchen is full of smoke because my stove is hot and my fire alarm's going off. But he's <laughs> over here just, he's more worried about making sure that we get the comment. House is on fire. He's going to get this last chat in. Grease fire, close it, and get back to, we'll get back to this, and we'll finish this up, and then you can go deal with that. But just open a window, throw a fan in there. We'll be fine. No, no worries. Yeah, you'll be just fine, dude. Get your priorities straight man. over there. I know that, man. I know this. If you just let it burn and you stay here in the comments, you've got about a uh, 65% <laughs> of survival. So you're good, dude. You're totally good. All right. All right. We're out of here, guys. Really appreciate y'all putting up with our nonsense tonight. I thought it was cool to hear from LaFleur and kind of how there's a little bit of little bit of something going on there as far as them trying to figure out exactly why you're playing man coverage and playing that far off. Um, the main thing I wanted to point out today is – we wasn't playing Joe Barry's defense. We were playing cover one man uh, down the stretch there, which it sounds like they kind of agreed, hey, look, this is the approach we're going to take. So um, it's just something to kind of keep your finger on the pulse for sure, mm -hmm. especially moving forward if you do sneak into the playoffs. Of course, we have us a question right here at the end. I'm going to hit it one quick time here. Hit it. Uh, Hernandez Ford, never seen you in here, dude. That's awesome. Appreciate you. Hit that yeah. like on the way. Yeah. <laughs> While you're in here, do us a favor. Um <laughs> Uh, Hernandez says, how can every starter who got injured came back and got their starting position except Rudy Ford? I see so you're going to get me fired up. I don't know, Hernandez. I'm just going to answer it by saying I don't know. All right. Mm. I don't know. And uh, it doesn't make sense to me either, man. I, I don't say that to be snippy with you. I'm just like, to me, Rudy has been the most proven commodity in that secondary from the safety position standpoint. Right. And to just go, no, nope, sorry, you're not a starter anymore. Just it's mind boggling mm -hmm. to me, especially when I, you look at the PFF grades. And the way he hits. I wouldn't mind him sort of sitting there at nickel or in the box, you know, if we need a if we want someone that wants to, to thump if we're trying to keep seven or eight, I would be completely fine with stepping him down. Yep, definitely. Uh Derek K in the chat says pull up the diesel. Oh my man, you got it. You asked, you shall receive. My baits, my man. I love it. First of all, two over this says I'm making pizza, so I have to finish making it. Worth it for the smoke right here. Me, you too old for this. <laughs> been, I just been made pizza last night. Too, man. Uh, United Bates, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Can we play Farmer AJ video just for fun? Great show, fellas. Thanks. Go Pat. Go. Special request line. Here we go. This is your running back AJ Dillon out there farming that crop, baby. John Deere Green. On a hot summer night, he rode Billy Bob Charlene. All right, guys, we're out here. Really appreciate y'all. Again, United Bates, thank you so much for the Super Chat, pal. That means the world to us. want to give a quick shout-out to all the Super Chats. We had Dan, the DM, uh, Mike Hebring, Chris N. You guys are awesome. Everybody in the chat, thank you for uh, contributing. It was a good conversation. Glad we got to talk about what we did. We'll be back tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambeau. Uh, I'll, I'll try to decide if I'm going to do a show tomorrow night or not. I'm trying to work on Chalk Talk right now, too, but we got to get the pups to the vet. We had the uh, appointment get scheduled a little later, so we had it for noon. I had it set up just right to work around both shows. They had to push it back to 4 o'clock. Said they got the flu running through the running through the staff up there at the veterinarian office. I'm going, I think somebody's lying. I think somebody's not committed to the cause. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Really appreciate y'all hanging out with us. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Take the defensive end. If he's over, if he's back, he drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows. 
Your right five is and field inside. YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. So look at this play. We'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.